Vav Adar, Taf Shin Pei. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to a special Election Day edition of The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Idan Reichel with an appropriate way to open up an election day edition of the Israel Show. Shevet Achim Vachayot. We are a tribe of brothers and sisters. And as much as uh, elections can divide us, we are always to remember that. We are one people. Welcome, welcome in, one and all, to this week's edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and DM, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time around the world. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we are on, and of course, on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network app. Go to the archives there, or online via NachumSiegel.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash The Israel Show, where we post links to YouTube videos of the songs that we play during the show and any other items that we might discuss. And occasionally, if there's a story that we think is especially interesting and that you wouldn't find elsewhere, we'll post that too. We try not to bombard with too much. So... um I like the way we put it. Everything you wanted to know about the Israeli elections, except the results. So we'll start off with um, what makes this election different than all the other elections. So the law in Israel of how elections work says that the elections take place 90 days, at least 90 days after the Knesset votes itself out of power, and... They always take place on a Tuesday. In case you weren't counting, we are less than 90 days since the Knesset voted itself out. And in case you're not listening to us live, today is Monday, not Tuesday. So why, oh why, are the elections taking place today? And the answer is because it is a Jewish state. That's really the answer. So the first part of the answer is that 90 days, the first Tuesday, once 90 days came around, would have been this coming Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, I should say, which is Purim. Purim is a holiday for all Israelis, and uh, surely we'd not be a day where people could go out to vote. I actually thought that, (laughs) that the way the elections have been going election number three within one year, the way the elections are going, Purim is actually not such a bad day to have the elections. (laughs) It's like a big festival, carnival joke, I don't know what. Farce? Um, That's just a joke, obviously. So it couldn't be on Purim. So they said, okay, let's go one week ahead, one week closer because they didn't want to delay it even more. Don't forget, there's no government. Uh, this is the third election now that uh, a uh, caretaker government is in charge and so forth. So they said, let's make it a week earlier. A week earlier on Tuesday. That would make sense. But it's not. It's on Monday. Why? Well, today's date, as we opened the show and we said, is Vav Adar. Tomorrow is Zayin Adar. Zayin Adar is the official day in the state of Israel commemorating the unknown soldier. Soldiers whose place of burial is unknown. That's why they call him the unknown soldier. And if you think about it, in our tradition, Zayin Adar is the birth date and the yurtzeit of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it tells us in the Torah that Moshe was commanded by God 
to go up to Mount Nevo, and there he passed away, and God buried him. Nobody knew where he was buried, and nobody knows till today where Moshe Rabbeinu is buried. And so the state of Israel found it most appropriate to make Zion Adar a day of commemoration for the unknown soldier. And it wouldn't be appropriate to make that an election day. So they made it one day earlier. I just found that so beautiful. Two, two changes in the election schedule, both of which have to do with the Jewish tradition, with the fact that we are a Jewish state, and um, the beautiful thought of making Zayin Adar the day to commemorate the soldiers whose burial place is unknown. Hanan um, Ben Ari came out with a brand new song just after we uh, finished our show last week, I think, or thereabouts. So we haven't had a chance to play it. It's a very cute song. He released it in honor of Chodesh Adar. A few interesting things about the song, which we'll play in a moment. So, the clip, and we'll post the clip on the Facebook page. Look at the clip. The clip adds so much in this case. It is so beautiful. The entire song (laughs) takes place in an elevator. The elevator that they filmed this in, meaning the band is in the elevator and the singer's in the elevator and they keep going in and out and people coming in and out. The elevator is in Ichalov Hospital. And the thought they write in the press release, the thought that the elevator in a hospital, in Ichalov Hospital in Tel Aviv, is a place where joy and sadness just randomly meet and life goes on and life is stronger than all the all the realities and they felt that that was a good expression of the idea of this song so it actually happened in the elevator. And people unknowingly just walked in, walked out, took selfies. You see it all in the video. It's very cute. So I encourage you to see the video. The name of the song is Imtirtzi, written uh, lyrics and melody by Hanan Ben-Ari, one of the uh, great young Kipasruga stars of Israeli music. My name is Mayor Wangarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Get 
חנן בן ארי, אם תרצי, לינק לוידאו, which is a really a must see video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Israel show. I knew the video reminded me of something as I was listening to the song watching. I, I was reminded of a scene in, in old Marx Brothers, well, all Marx Brothers movies are old. But in the uh, there's a Moxbert movie called uh, "A Night at the Opera," and there's a famous scene in there where they're on a boat crossing uh, from Europe to the United States, and um, you know you have these cabins, the state rooms, whatever you want to call them, and uh, people just keep crowding into it. It's, uh, it's a cute scene. You can look, if you look up uh, the Marx Brothers the uh, state room scene or a crowded cabin scene or something like that it's uh it's very cute um anyway <laughs> talking about the israeli elections who's running in these elections the main parties we uh know by now i think those of you who follow us would know by now. Blue and white is not a party. Blue and white is an amalgam of parties. The only one of which had ever been elected was uh, um, Yair Lapid with, uh, with his party, Yesh Atid. Benny Gantz started a party on his own using his perceived charisma, the fact that he was chief of staff of the Israeli army, and brought along with him, Gabi Ashkenazi, another chief of staff of the Israeli army, who has quite a, uh, quite a, a, a kupat shratzim on him, a can of worms that he's schlepping along with him, 
that'll probably start coming out after the elections. And they joined together with Bogi Alon, another chief of staff of the Israeli army, who had started a party which wasn't going anywhere. More of a right-wing party, Yoaz Hendel, and um, and the other person whose name I can't remember right now, who was the um, the uh, um, government secretary. Um, so you have four different groups, if you will, four leaders, and they supposedly all take uh, decisions together. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I would say this. If they don't make it, the, it, the whole thing is going to fall apart because it's not a real cohesive party. It's four different groups, four different heads. Each one has his own agenda. On the other side is the Likud. Likud used to be an amalgam of parties. Now it's really one party uh, under uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Those are the two major players. But as much as those are the two major players, this one will get 30-something, this one will get 30-something, 36, 38, 34, 34, 35. It doesn't really matter because ultimately what you need to govern in the state of Israel, as we all know by now, is a magic number of 61, which is a majority of the Knesset that has 120 seats. Which, by the way, is fashioned after the, uh, I believe it's Anche Knesset Hagadola, which had 120 members, Knesset. It is also physically, by the way, fashion, similar to how the Gemara uh, describes the the uh, great court of uh, 70, Sanhedrin, that was in a Chatzig Goren, like a U-shape. Why? So that the older members were in the back, the younger members were in the front in the Sanhedrin, and when it came time to vote, the younger members couldn't see what the older members were voting. Interesting, uh, interesting idea. The Knesset, although it doesn't, the, the seating arrangements are quite different, and the people in the seats are quite different. But the if you if you look at a picture of the inside of the Knesset of the actual um, uh, um, plenary, um, it is fashion in that way, U-shape, so many, so many, so many different symbolic things that when the State of Israel was founded, those people who founded it, although they were not religious, they had strong connections to Jewish tradition and wanted to fashion things in that sense that things had meaning connected to the Jewish religion. The um, Yisrael Beitenu is the reason that we're having elections. <laughs> That's the truth. Avigdor Lieberman had a party. Avigdor Lieberman is a very right-wing guy. His home, so to speak, is in the Likud. That's where he came from. He continues to have those views. He refuses to sit in a coalition with the Arab parties of the uh, of the Knesset. He, um, he believes in changing the borders when a deal is made with the Palestinian Arabs, he believes that we should change the borders and that the new borders of the, if there ever will be one, Palestinian state should include the Arab, some Arab population of Israel. He is not a natural uh, a partner of the left, which would mean 
naturally he would go to Likud. And if he would have, two elections ago, this whole thing would be over. But his animosity towards Netanyahu is so great that he wants him out. And so two elections already, he has sat in the middle and tried to get the two parties to sit together. But they won't. And so we're at the stalemate again. Then you have the blocks, the 61. So to get to the 61, each side has natural partners. Blue and white has one natural partner, which is another amalgam of parties. Avodah, what used to be the Labor Party, which was the party that founded the State of Israel, Mapai, Gesher, Meretz, the left, Gesher, Orly Levy, her heart is more on the right. If it's very close, if Netanyahu needs one seat, could he possibly offer some enticement to Orly Levy to leave her party and come over and break the deadlock? Could be. Could be. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be surprising? But those are really the only two in that block, only two parties. And without the Rishima Mishutefet, the Arab party, which is a united Arab party, which is also an amalgam of parties, four Arab parties, one of which literally does not want to see a Jewish state. The others probably don't want to see a Jewish state either, but they won't say so in public. Balad is a, uh, a party that shouldn't be running. Hiba Yazbak, one of the uh, leaders of Balad, who's actually on the ballot the entire time is the only way mathematically, the only way that Kaholavan can put together a block of 61 is if the Arab parties support them, even if they don't join with them, if they support them from outside, as they say, meaning they won't vote against them. They'll leave. They'll abstain. That could be the only way. And then it also means that Kaholavan, Benny Gantz, as a prime minister, is going to be indebted to the Arab parties, and every move he makes, security-wise, he will need the Arab parties to go along with it, otherwise he will not be able to continue. So, it gives you a little bit of an idea. On the other side, the Likud has a much bigger block with which to work. Shas, the um, Yemina, which is what used to be the Mizrahi, the Aguda, all the Haredi and religious parties are all aligned on the right together with Netanyahu. So, we shall see what happens. One of the things that people weren't planning for in this election is the coronavirus. There are 5,630 Israelis that are quarantined. They don't have the virus, but they're quarantined. They may have come in touch with people that had the virus. So they were in places where outside of Israel where people had the virus, and they are quarantined for two weeks. They have to stay at home for two weeks. It's very interesting <laughs> that it's like a, it's, it's an honor system in Israel. This honor system of the coronavirus is you're quarantined in the house for two weeks, And there's nobody really watching to see if you're actually not leaving the house. So I don't know how that that works. But uh, they want to vote. So what happens to them? They're quarantined. How can they go out to vote? 
Israel set up 16 polling places around the country, special polling places for the quarantined um, uh, people that are may have had contact with corona. They're manned by Magendavida Dom people. All the people in the polling booth are Magendavida Dom people who are volunteered. They're wearing hazmat suits. The polling station is basically a hazmat tent. You must arrive either by car alone in a car or by foot. You may not arrive with other people in a car. You may not arrive by public transportation. You vote you get a you get a plastic uh, sealed kit with a, everything that you need, including a pen, including whatever other uh, items you're going to need to vote. You vote, then you put everything that has to go on to the voting commission. You put that in a sealed envelope and put it on a table. All the rest goes into a special hazmat trash bin, and then you go home. That is really something. I. I I wonder what other countries would do under the, under those circumstances. That's the uh, the hazmat elections. Wow, 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 wow! Five thousand six hundred and thirty. After the next song, we'll let you know um, what the connection to the elections is and the uh, to the forty new immigrants that arrived in Israel last Tuesday from Ethiopia who aren't Jewish. We'll tell you about. Uh, why they're giving out free ice cream in Yerushalayim. <laughs> and how it is that the last word on any legal issue in this election is decided by a guy who was born in Brooklyn and went to Yeshiva Flatbush. Tfilah Shlom Hamdina, appropriate for the day. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Devir Spiegel with Tfilali Shlom Hamdinam. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So, the head of the Central Elections Committee is always a Supreme Court, Israeli Supreme Court judge who makes decisions about all legal questions that come up before an election. The head of the Central Elections Committee, this election, every election is a different Supreme Court judge, usually, and this one is headed by Supreme Court Justice Neil Hendel. Neil Hendel, 68 years old, American-born, graduate of Yeshiva of Flatbush High School, has a BA in Sociology and Jewish Studies from NYU, he stu- after his BA, he studied Talmud at Yeshiva University in the Shira of Rabbi Yosef Dov Halevi Salavechik, the Rav. He made Aliyah in 1983 and has made his way through the court system. Now he's uh, Supreme Court Justice, so he's the last word. From Brooklyn, from through Yeshiva Flatbush and YU, the final say, Neil Hendel. Justice of the Israeli Supreme Court. Forty new immigrants arrived in Israel this past Tuesday from Ethiopia, less than a week before the national elections. Many say that the reason is Haver Knesset, Knesset member Gadi Yavrukan. He was a member of the Blue and White Party. He was elected in the second uh, uh, round of elections. But uh, for this coming round for the round that we're voting on today, he was pushed out of the uh, inner circle, and he decided that maybe he'd find a better home in the Likud. And so he left Blue and White and went to the Likud. Blue and White, he was number 33 on the slate. In the Likud, he's number 20 on the slate. And it is surmised that one of his demands was that there would be movement to bring what are called the Falashmura community to Israel. Who are they? They are actually non-Jews. They had some connection to Jews. For example, let's say somebody married a Jew. Not a non-Jew married a Jew in Ethiopia. The Jewish person he was married to or she was married to passes away, and now this person marries a non-Jew. So you have two non-Jews that are married. But there are siblings, there are children from both marriages, and so the Jewish children, if the mother was Jewish, the Jewish children from the first marriage have half-brothers from the second marriage, and they are claiming that they want to have reunification of families. Now, what's difficult here is that the second marriage, the woman's not Jewish, the man's not Jewish, their children aren't Jewish, and yet they want to get out of Ethiopia, and that's the main reason that they want to come to Israel. And Israel has a difficult decision to make. If they allow them, you're talking about the possibility of tens of thousands of people who are not Jewish coming into the state of Israel and there are forces in the Israeli left who would like to see that. Up until now, the right wing, led by Netanyahu, have been uh, stalling on this matter. 
not moving on it. Last week, I guess, as a partial payment to Gadi Avrakan for moving over to the Likud, 40 new immigrants arrived. That's supposed to be, I guess, a down payment. That's an interesting story to continue to watch, really, to continue to watch the Falashmura community from Ethiopia. Um, let's see what else we're going to share with you about the... Oh, and <laughs> next week, Prime Minister Netanyahu's trial begins. And what's fascinating is that that has hardly been a campaign issue. They keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, but it would seem that those who support Netanyahu continue to support Netanyahu, even though his trial will begin next week, and it's a trial for one of the things that he's being accused of is bribery, and yet people continue to vote for him. Why? I believe it's because they have no they have no confidence in the Israeli um, legal system. They just have no confidence in the police and the legal system, the justice system in Israel, which they feel, the voters, many, those who support Netanyahu, feel is corrupt and were out to get him and that ultimately he is being sort of... Um, he, he's the victim of a witch hunt. That's an interesting side point, but it's not a side point at all. But it seems to be. Why are they giving out free ice cream in Yerushalayim? I don't know what the expression, where the expression comes from. There's an expression in Hebrew, Pam Shlishid Glida. You know, you do something once, you do something else. The third time, you'll get ice cream. Pam Shlishid Glida. And being that this is the third election in a year, the municipality of Yerushalayim decided as a cute gimmick to do the following if you make a certain uh, if you make purchases uh, from certain places in the city of Yerushalayim certain um, merchants that are part of this uh, plan program and you purchase a certain amount then you can go to an ice cream store that's on a list of ice cream stores that are part of the program and you'll get free ice cream because of Palm Shlishit Glida and it's a way for the municipality to encourage people to shop in Yerushalayim that too is happening on this election day in Israel. Kululam with Alkol Ela, yet another song where the video is an absolute must. So we'll link it as always in our Facebook page. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
lyrics and melody by the great Naomi Shemer Zichronali Vracha. We thank Hashem and we ask Him to watch over the bitter and the sweet Al Hadvash Al Haokets, Al Hamar Vahamatok, Al Bitenu Atinoket Shmornali Keli Hatov. A beautiful tefillah that on an election day in the state of Israel is so appropriate because there's the good and the bad, there's the bitter and the sweet that is an election. But at the end of the day, we plead with God to watch over our state of Israel, our one and only homeland, and bless it and bring the people safety and prosperity and all good things. As um, I have uh, my uh, iPad here on the side with uh, the Israeli news live from Israel, they just announced that the special um, hazmat voting booths, if you will, that were set up for people that were in quarantine are in, under such demand. There's 5,630 people in quarantine, and there were 16 polling, but they're under such demand that even though they were going to close earlier than the others so that you know it would make it easier to get this stuff and count it and so forth, they've actually extended the voting time in those special hazmat booths for another hour until 7 o'clock. One of the um, newer things that have uh, topics issues that have come up in this election has been fake news believe it or not and uh, i'm reading to you now from the an official release of the israeli um central elections committee ma'atem yicholim la'asot kedei lehimana mi fake news peyud yud kuf nun yud vav what can you do to avoid fake news it <laughs> it's amazing how President Trump coined the phrase, and it's just worldwide. What happens is people, unfortunately, in Israel and in other places, I'm sure, but the the WhatsApps and the Messenger and the SMSs are a major, major part of the campaign in Israel, and people use it to give fake news. Uh, for example, there was a, a forged letter that has been going around today in, in polling places that one of the parties has withdrawn from the race. It wasn't true. But it was a party that was teetering on whether they should or shouldn't withdraw. So it, it's not a far-fetched idea that they did. And so a, a forgery that looks like it's coming from the uh, election committee could swing voters one way or the next. And so there's an entire, what I call the Department of Fake News, that has been set up to try and get people to ignore the fake news. And they go on about how um, you should just think, you know, if it looks like it's fake news, it probably is. If it's outrageous, if it's... (laughs) It's amazing how things progress and at the same time retreat but i think it's it it's commendable it's very commendable of israel that they are really on the cusp on the edge 
on the cutting edge of all of setting up hazmat places for for the quarantine people to vote of f- trying to fight the fake news that they know is out there and trying to do all these things it's really um it, it, it's really commendable um we'll go to um we'll go to one more song piton kamadam baboker umargish ki huam somebody wakes up in the morning and feels he he feels that he's a nation and starts to make progress the jewish people woke up and started walking toward eretz israel shlomo artsy this is the original of the famous piton my name is mayor weingarten you're tuned to the israel show on the nachum siegel network פתאום קם אדם בבוקר, הוא מרגיש כי הוא עם, הוא מתחיל ללכת. ולכל הנפגש בדרכו פורר ושלום. פתאום קם אדם בבוקר, הוא מרגיש כי הוא עם, הוא מתחיל ללכת. ולכל הנפגש בדרכו פורר ושלום. the original Pitom Kamadam it actually was uh, one of the Israeli music festivals I think it came in second I think it did Mayor Weingarten here on the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network a word about the uh, World Zionist Organization election which is uh, taking place right now it's the elections for the Jews that live outside of Israel it's the fake election so to speak but it is important and so I want to devote a few minutes to discussing it. It uh, is it taking place now. It will end on March 11th. So the time is running out. The World Zionist Organization is important for one reason and one reason only. It has 
humongous budgets that are distributed to various organizations around the world, Jewish Zionist organizations. You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars a year. The bulk of the money for for the American Jewish Zionists goes to the Reform and Conservative movements because their numbers, the numbers of people who vote in their election, in these elections, on their side, is way, way, way greater than the Orthodox voters. You have to remember that approximately 10% of United States Jewry right now is Orthodox, 90% are conservative, reform, or unaffiliated. And so the numbers are huge, and the budgets are based on the numbers of delegates and so forth. In order for the religious Zionists of the world, but we're talking about America specifically, but anywhere around the world, to get as much budget as possible. It is important that you vote. Forget about everything. I mean, if you ask me, the whole organization is an anachronistic waste of Jewish money, but it's it's there, and the money's being given out, and we have a choice whether the money should be given to place A or to place B. Place B being one of religious Zionism, place A being one where intermarriage is rampant and and more let's do everything possible so that the vote goes to us to the religious Zionists who make good use of the money hopefully and uh, in projects of shlichut in, pro- in other projects in projects of education and so forth it's important that we vote so what do you do you go on to the website, voteoic.org. Orthodox, is, what is it? Orthodox Israel Coalition? Orthodox Israel Coalition. Slate number four, when you get to the actual voting at the end, it's going to ask you. Now, this coalition is, the, the head name is the Mizrahi, but it includes the OU. It includes Amit. It includes Young Israel. It includes the RCA, Rabbinical Council of America. It includes Turo Colleges. It includes Torah Mitzion. It includes B'nai Akiva. It includes Yeshiva University. These are such a, a great group of organizations that could use all the support possible. And <clears throat> therefore, the more people vote for slate number four, the more clout this delegation will have at the World Zionist Organization, World Zionist Congress, the more ability to get funding. That's what it's all about. Everything else we can discuss at another time. All the ideology, non-ideology, whatever. Go and vote for slate number four. Vote OIC.org, slate number four. It costs seven dollars and something. It's a long story why it costs money to vote. It's, and by the way, being that we are heard around the world, this the, I'm talking specifically about the United States. You have to be uh, living in the United States. There are a few other um, requirements. You'll see it on the website once you're, 
once you're mo- moved in from the vote oic.org to the next uh, step in the voting. You'll get a PIN number, you vote. Just the whole thing, the whole thing will not take you longer than five minutes. And by doing so, by doing so, you are helping the organizations that we spoke about, like YU and the OU and Amid and the RCA and Bnei Akiva and so forth and the Mizrahi to get very important and needed budgets from huge sums of money that are being given out. They're going to be given out one way or the other. Let's do our best that we get an appropriate cut of that pie. Vote OIC, Orthodox Israel Coalition, that org, slate number four. That's the website, voteoic.org. And when you uh, when you vote, it's slate number four. The name on the slate is Mizrahi. That's what you should be looking for. We're going to close out appropriately with the Maccabees and Hatikva. But before we do that, we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the Staff and Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network immediately after us, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novak now with Jake Novak. And speaking of Jake Novak, at 3 o'clock this afternoon, 3 p.m., Jake will be heading up a special Israel post election day show starting 3 p.m. Eastern time going till around 6, 7 p.m. I will uh, be in studio between 4 and 6. Um, Hopefully, uh, not hopefully, I know there will be others, great, wonderful people who have a lot of knowledge and will be bringing forth a lot of information and mostly will be sharing with you the results and analyzing where we go from here. Are the results going to bring us yet to another election or or are we going to finally get a government? So uh, stay tuned for that on the Nachum Siegel Network. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie and the AIM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. See you.